This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Daniel Sellerson. What's going on? Welcome into the Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Sellerson, filling in for Sean Kelly. I'll be filling in for him tomorrow as well. He's probably sitting somewhere sipping a pina colada right now, but it's okay. I forgive him. He's allowed to do it. Anyways, hope this Thursday finds you well. The NFL Draft is approaching one week from today. The Saints will be on the clock at pick number 12. Our NFL Draft preview continues today at pick number 7 with the San Francisco 49ers. Taylor Price, senior reporter for 49ers.com, will join me to talk about them. We'll also probably talk about the trade that went in. How about picks number 1 and 2 now being traded by the Rams and the Browns yesterday, the Philadelphia Eagles jumped into the mix, acquiring the second pick in this year's draft and also a 2017 fourth-round pick. The Browns got a haul, just like the Tennessee Titans did last week. The Browns get the number eight pick, the 77th pick, and the 100th pick in this year's draft. That's a first, a third, and a fourth rounder, and a first-round pick next year, and a second-round pick in 2018. So, man, what a... Uh, <laughs> It's, we haven't even started the NFL draft yet, and things are going pretty qu- crazy. It seems like now, just from speculation, that the Rams and the Eagles will be going after a quarterback at picks one and two. So it should affect how teams three through maybe eight, three through seven, how they pick, and maybe someone that they thought wouldn't be available at pick number seven, let's say for the 49ers, might be there now. So we'll talk to Taylor Price about that to kind of get his take on how this trade affects them and maybe what they might do. In this year's draft, they have uh, the most picks in the NFL draft with 12 um, this year. So it should be interesting for them when new head coach Chip Kelly also figuring out what they're going to do with quarterback Colin Kaepernick. On the NBA side, of course, we'll talk with the television voice of the Pelicans, Joel Myers, who is, I know, enjoying some NBA playoffs right now. Uh, we'll talk to him about that. Plus, we'll kind of get his thoughts on the Pelicans season. We haven't talked to him since the season ended as far as this show is concerned. So we'll kind of get his thoughts on the Pelicans and also the NBA playoffs. May talk a little NHL playoffs as the St. Louis Blues are doing well. And uh, we'll have those two on today's show. So the NBA playoffs continued last night as, uh, man, I wish we had some better games. I'm not going to lie. It was good in the first half between the Pistons and the Cavs, but the Cavs kind of steamrolled Detroit in the second half. 23-pointers made in the game for Cleveland. And uh, if you're Stanley Johnson and the Pistons, I don't know if you want to be saying that you're in LeBron's head especially when you're down 2-0, especially when you're a rookie. So should be interesting when that series heads to Detroit for game number three, but it looks like the Cavs are in good shape. Same with the Clippers, who beat the Blazers pretty good last night, 102-81. to They move on to 2-0, and the Heat, also a win over the Charlotte Hornets yesterday. They go 2-0 and head to Charlotte this weekend for game number three. So I'm still waiting for some big games. Maybe tonight that will happen. Oklahoma City at Dallas, series tied at one with Oklahoma City you know, winning by 38 game number one, losing by one in game number two. Let's see which team shows up in game number three. Toronto at Indiana. That's been a really good series tied up at one as that series heads to Indiana tonight. And Golden State, Houston, and eh, not so much. Doesn't seem like Steph Curry will play, but we'll find out later tonight. But I don't think Houston's really up for winning a game uh, this series. So we'll see how that goes. Hopefully some good ones tonight around the NBA. So we got a good show for you. We'll do uh, Taylor Price next, 
and then we'll head to uh, talk to Joel Myers about the playoffs and the Pelicans. Again, hope this Thursday finds you well. Thanks for joining me today, and we'll start our NFL Draft Preview next. Stay with us on the Black and Blue Report. New Orleans 2016. One night. One band. New Orleans, they're back. Guns and Roses, live for one night only. July 31st, Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Get access to preferred tickets with your city card. Buy tickets at LiveNation.com. Trust isn't something that's easily built over video screens or with long-distance calls. That's why at Whitney Bank, we make it a priority to be here for you with more local branches offering face-to-face service. Whitney customers leave with more than a transaction receipt in hand. We listen to your goals and have what it takes to help you achieve them. Drop by today and ask about our new relationship checking packages with built-in personal identity security features. Whitney Bank, here today, here when you need us, here to build a future with you. How much do you want to lose this year? 5, 10, 15 pounds? It's time to set your goal and go for it with the Smoothie King Change a Meal Challenge. Just change one meal a day with one of 20 delicious meal replacement smoothies, all under 400 calories per 20-ounce serving, and see how much you can lose. With flavors like pineapple mango, almond mocha, and more, it's easier than ever to reach for your goals. Take the Change a Meal Challenge, only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Weight loss is based on a low-calorie diet and exercise program. Consult your physician before beginning any diet program. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Daniel Sellerson. Well, we continue our NFL draft preview leading up to next Thursday's draft. We're at pick number seven with the San Francisco 49ers. Joining me now, friend of the program, Taylor Price, senior reporter for 49ers.com. Taylor, thanks for coming on this morning. Yeah, Daniel, thanks for having me. No problem. Let's first talk about the offseason. You have new head coach in Chip Kelly, but from what I've been reading, seems like a pretty quiet offseason for the 49ers as far as free agent signings. Would you agree with that? Yeah, they decided to invest with the young players that they've drafted. If you look at Trent Baalke's track record the last few years, it seems like we're making 10-plus picks every year. So there's a lot of talent that hasn't really got a chance to shine. If you sign a veteran player at wide receiver, for example, you might not get to see the fruits of what DeAndre Smelter, a fourth-round pick out of Georgia Tech, a lot of upside with him. So you want to see some of these young players get a chance to develop, and that's something that the 49ers are really trying to build from within right now. I'll get to those draft picks in a second because you guys have a lot of them again this year, but I want to talk about the trade uh, between the Eagles and Browns yesterday that moves the Eagles up to pick number two, and a lot of people are saying that the, uh, the Rams and the Eagles will go quarterback at one and two. How does that affect the Rams, you say, maybe at number seven who – uh, may go for a quarterback, may not. Um, but how does that affect uh, what they might do in number seven? Yeah, I think what you're looking at right now is the top two quarterbacks are potentially off the board. That opens up the defensive market for the 49ers at number seven. Everyone is wanting to predict a quarterback to the 49ers, but Colin Kaepernick remains under contract. Blaine Gabbert did a lot of good things last year. The team feels pretty confident they have two NFL-caliber players that are going to compete for this, this position. And at seven, you're looking at a lot of defensive talent that could fly back further than you would have thought. Now, Laramie Tunsil from Ole Miss, is he available at seven? That might be an offensive option there for the team. But Joey Bosa, Miles Jack, DeForest Buckner, I think a lot of these young defensive talented players that are going to be sliding back now because of the quarterbacks moving up, they could be viable for the 49ers at seven. 
Would you think defense is the main priority for them? Just at pick number seven, I know they have 12 picks in the draft, but as far as the top pick at number seven, do you think defense is the choice they might go with with that early pick? This is a question I get all the time, and when I think that you're coming off a 5-11 and season, you really can't reach for some specific need. I think it's really best player available, and you got to trust that the general manager and his staff have evaluated the players that they feel is the best spot in terms of pecking order. So I think you're in the position there to take the best player available, create more competition on a young team. Um, defense is definitely something that you could upgrade, whether it's Miles Jack at linebacker, he could pair well with Navarro Bowman. Pass rusher is always an option as well. There's some there's some injuries there with Ian Williams coming off a, a knee injury, so they might want to go with the fourth Buckner, slide in, Quentin Dowd will be nose tackled. Uh, any of the players that they could have in the first round at defense, I think they could find a home in some sort of rotational role. Uh, the offensive line at right tackle, there's some position battles there that could happen with Trent Brown, so maybe Ronnie Stanley would make sense there, or Tunsil if he's able to, to, to slide to number seven. Maybe you have a, a star left tackle that you can plug over at right tackle next to Joe Staley. So, I feel like the four are in a pretty good position that any elite player that sort of slides back to them because of the quarterbacks moving up, they can find a home for them here in San Francisco. You mentioned some of the holes that they need to fill and could possibly fill at number seven, but what are the main ones that they could fill with those 12 picks in this year's draft? Yeah, I think you're looking to add an offensive lineman, maybe a tackle. Guard is also a mid-round option as well. The four ers find Zane Beatles to compete at left guard. Alex Boone left his free agency. There's some options there to, to to build up the depth in the interior line department. When you look at the defensive side of the ball, they're pretty set at safety with Jaquaski Tars last year's second-round pick. Jimmy Ward is a reserve player. And these are two guys that are playing behind Eric Green and Antoine Lassay. Cornerback, I think, is an option there as well. The team has Tremaine Brock and a handful of young cornerbacks that they've drafted over the last few years have shown some progress and some strides as they've gotten opportunities to play on the field. If cornerback is available there in the second or third round, I think that's something that they could look at as well. Uh, players that have returnability is something that the 49ers are always looking to upgrade. Jared Hayne, the Australian rugby import, was, was fun to watch last year mm-hmm. as he was making his NFL debut, but you got to create competition throughout the roster. So it's maybe a wide receiver that has some returnability. That would be something in the mid-rounds to look at as well. With having the most picks in the NFL draft at 12, do you see the 49ers possibly using some of those tra- uh, picks for trades, maybe either move up in the draft or acquire maybe a veteran from another team? That's hard to say. I, w- I would really point to sort of the never-say-never never mindset with that. Trent Baalke's shown the ability to move up. In 2013, he went from 31 to 18 to get Eric Reed moved with the Dallas Cowboys. He moved up in 2010 to get Anthony Davis, uh, right tackle, who retired uh, last offseason. But he's also moved back in, in the draft before. Last year, he moved back a couple spots and still got his guy Eric Armstead at, at pick 17. So Trent Baalke's pretty flexible. I think people know that they can call him. His phone is always open. He's willing to listen. And something that Trent loves to do is pick draft picks up for the further years. So if somebody wants to call call Trent on draft day and get that pick seven, and maybe they move back, I could see the 49ers maybe moving back and getting more picks for next year, keeping us busy on the website drafting 10-plus players every year. I think that's, that's pretty much a viable option every time Trent's in the draft room. Yeah, it seems to be a theme there in San Francisco, that's for sure. Okay, before I let you go, not sure if you can even answer this question being an employee of the 49ers, but Colin Kaepernick, do you think he's there uh, after the draft or even in a 49ers uniform next season, or is there still a chance that maybe he could be traded, whether it's on draft day or even after that? I think it's to echo what Trent said. Uh, he's out there at practice. He's mimicking the quarterbacks. He's still going through his rehab work. He's part of the team. He's invested in what's going on with Chip Kelly, and Chip has said all along that he's excited to work with the player of Colin Kaepernick's uh, stature and skill set here in the league. So I think you got to let it play out, of course. 
people want to speculate. It's, it's definitely a hot topic discussion for every every time you t- turn on the TV and watch the 49ers. I think what happens is next is the 49ers play the season out, let the guys compete, find out who the best players are. And if someone calls with a, with a trade that knocks their socks off and is able to make something happen, maybe that's something that they listen to. But I'll echo what Trent said this week, and that's, you know, we're uh, we're open to anything in the in the future with any player. We're never going to be closed minded about what teams might call and offer. So I think the 49ers are evaluating their roster, letting Chip coach them up, and, and see where the stack or the chips may fall. I should say something to look out for. That's for sure, and it should be an interesting draft day for the 49ers. They'll definitely keep Taylor busy there on 49ers.com. That's Taylor Price, senior reporter. Taylor, I appreciate the time and uh, enjoy the draft. And next week, I should say. Sure thing. Thanks, man. All right, when we come back, we'll talk Pelicans and NBA with the television voice of the Pelicans, Joel Myers. Stay with us. Life is busy. You need health care that can keep up. At Auctioner, we get that. So we've made our care more schedule-friendly, like offering same-day appointments. Need a primary care physician, a pediatrician, an OBGYN? We'll get you in to see someone today. Many of our specialists are available the same day, too. And with health centers all over Greater New Orleans, there's bound to be one near you. Many are open late and on weekends for your urgent care needs. And if it's something serious, Auctioner has you covered with nationally ranked care for your most complex conditions. Want additional convenience? Now you can make appointments with many of our physicians on our website. And once you become an Auctioner patient, You'll be able to do even more online, like email your doctors, see test results, and refill your prescriptions, all with a simple click. Make an appointment today at auctioner.org or call 866-AUCTIONER. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind. Josh Groban. On stage, Friday, July 15th at Bold Sphere Music at Champion Square, featuring songs from his new album, Stages, as well as his classic hits, with very special guest, Sarah McLaughlin. Get access to preferred tickets with your city card. Tickets are on sale now at Ticketmaster.com or by phone at 1-800-745-3000. We're talking Pelicans basketball. On the Black and Blue Report. All right, welcome back to the show. Time now to talk Pelicans and some NBA playoffs. Joining us right now is the television voice of the Pelicans, Joel Myers. Enjoying, hopefully, the offseason right now. Joel, how's it going? It's good. It's good. Getting ready for Jazz Fest uh, this weekend. Can't wait for Jazz Fest this weekend. So doing everything that I don't have time to do uh, that New Orleanians love like I do as well. I'll be at Jazz Fest, too. Looking forward to it as well. Um, Joel, we haven't really talked to you since the Pelican season has ended 30-52. Obviously, no one expected that. Just in, in a few words, or how many words you want, kind of describe this season in your eyes. What 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 did you notice from this 30-52 team, and uh, what can you say about them? Well, it was, it was frustrating, more than anything else for all of us, that Karen and wanted to see all these guys succeed, stay healthy, wanted to see the staff in particular uh, a staff that we all grew to work with and like a lot, and we wanted them to succeed. But unfortunately, we couldn't keep, as you know, Daniel, anybody on the floor long enough. The positives out of it all, we had a small sample size that drew Holiday with Anthony Davis, and you can build from there because those two showed they have chemistry. There's reason to believe 
that it's going to be very good for those two together down the road. Now we hope Quincy is healthy, and he said at the end of the year, he said he was very healthy, so Quincy, include him in the process as well as Tyreek Evans, and go from there. And that's that's some talent to begin with. So add pieces from those four core pieces. I was, I was about to ask you about that as far as this offseason concerned. I know every offseason is important for every team, but is this extremely important this offseason for the Pelicans, not only for free agency, but you also have a draft pick for the first time in three years, and you have two second-round picks. Uh, how important is this offseason for New Orleans? Well, it starts in late May, obviously, and that's the, the lottery. And Hopefully the Pels get lucky in the lottery. If not, hopefully they don't fall too far back. You'd have to figure somebody's going to get lucky, at least one team. Mm-hmm. So the Pels could potentially – pick from a seven slot, not a six, if somebody behind them gets lucky and moves up. Obviously, they could stay at six, though, if somebody inside of five gets lucky and, and it's just juggled that way. But uh, Pelicans need a two, need a three. Pondexter coming up with the final year of his contract, so you want somebody, and, and, and somebody that can help right away. I like four-year college players, and there are a couple out there. So not getting into names or particulars, uh, you need a two, you need a three, and guys that can immediately plug in, and they're not going to be one-and-done guys. Now, if you get lucky in the lottery, and you're talking about the top two or three picks, different story. Because there are exceptional guys that are one-and-done up there, just like Anthony Davis was. But if you're picking six or seven, it's a different story. And we'll see what happens there. But hopefully somebody that would either be a shooting guard or a three, and both are, are threats from the perimeter. I want to talk about Alvin Gentry's system a little bit because a lot of people, including myself, thought with this uh, roster, if healthy, could kind of fit into Alvin Gentry's system. It seemed like at times um, it wasn't the case when guys were healthy. Do you see more of what the type of player Alvin Gentry wants this offseason as far as attacking guys in free agency or, or going after guys, I should say? Well, he wants athletic wings. We know that, and that's what he had at Golden State. Also, to a certain extent, the year before, a little bit with the Clippers. So if you can find guys, and the Pelicans have athletic wings, but they don't shoot for a high percentage from three. And Dante has improved dramatically in that area. Alonzo tries as well. But they're more short corner three guys than wings. They can go out and hit a deep three. So that's a priority. Space, in, and you got one out or one in and four out. Anthony Davis is your one in. Anthony Davis is sensational. He's not just good. He's generational. We've talked about it before. So you're working from a position of strength to begin with, and that's the encouraging part. I'm glad you mentioned Anthony Davis because I did want to ask you about him. Despite the injury and missing the last 20 games or so, what did you think about AD season? Well, solid. When you finish top 10 in scoring and top 10 in rebounding and top three or four in block shots like he did, that's significant. And he's only 22 years Mm -hmm. old. So uh, it's only going to get better for all of us. Anthony has to find what he feels comfortable with. Uh, he looked good from beyond the arc at times. But at the same time, he is so good at that little jump hook and rising over other guys that aren't athletic and aren't long enough to defend him down on the block that I hope he doesn't lose that aspect of his game. So uh, everybody in the analytics, everybody loves the three. I like the three, too. But if it's not your strength, don't be top-heavy on the three. So he'll find that. That'll be a nice blend into his game. He's already got it. So he's, it's only going to improve for all of us with Anthony Davis. He, Anthony Davis is the least of our problems. Anthony Davis is the solution 
So I look forward to all those games for many years to come. Yeah, same here. No doubt about that. All right, Joel, let's talk about the NBA playoffs. A lot of the games I've noticed uh, have been blowouts, not great so far in the first round. There's been some good ones. Detroit and Cleveland has been close. Um, what stuck out to you so far in the past few games of the NBA playoffs or past few days? Well, the, the disparity in the Western Conference uh, right now, and you talked about the blowouts over the first weekend of the playoffs. Out of the eight games, five were blowouts. Mm-hmm. Five of the eight weren't even close. And we've seen that too often. So uh, hopefully they're going to be more competitive. We know where they will in the second round. There is no question it'll pick up in the second round. Uh, but can Detroit make it a series? Can uh, Portland pick it up against the Clippers? Uh, it, these are young teams uh, to begin with, like Portland and Detroit. They're relying on Reggie Jackson in Detroit. First time he's been a leader of a franchise. And Andre Drummond, who's only 22. So it's not a shock. I'd like to see more out of Charlotte, though more than anything else in that series. Miami had a, a perfect first game. When you shoot the way they did, 58% overall and 50% from three, 76% of the free throw line, it was never a game that first game. So the balance eventually will get there. We might have to wait for the second round, though. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, speaking of Miami, do you think they have the best chance of dethroning the uh, Cleveland in the Eastern Conference, or is it Toronto, or is it? do you think it's Cleveland going automatically to the NBA Finals? Is there anyone that can take down the defending Eastern Conference champs? Well, Miami has experience on their side, and by the rep, Whiteside is getting valuable experience right now. Uh, they're the inexperienced guys, like Josh Richardson. When you look at all the playoff games for Dwayne Wade uh, or Joe Johnson, uh, Lou Aldang, who was only 11 of 13 with 31 points and 7 boards in their first matchup with Charlotte. That's the, the real advantage for them. I thought going in Toronto was going to have an opportunity uh, to be a force. And it's yet to be determined. They were very lucky to get a split because their starting guards over the first two games, Gino Daniel, Lowry, and, and DeMar DeRozan really struggled. They were mm-hmm. 17 of 63 from the field. So maybe Toronto, maybe this is a sign. Maybe it's an omen that Toronto got a break over the first two at home. Uh, we'll find out more over the weekend with them. But they got a break. There's no question about that because they were awful uh, for the most part. And they got lucky against Indiana that Indiana couldn't score at all in the second game. And, and they were shooting in the mid-third. Let's focus on the Warriors in the West. Obviously, no Steph Curry in game number two. Didn't really matter as the Golden State Warriors took care of the Houston Rockets. Um, if you're Golden State... Um, that front office, are you sitting Curry in Houston just to give him some more rest, thinking that you're probably going to be able to take care of the Rockets in four games or five? Yeah, they're not going to call and, and ask for my opinion, obviously. <laughs> but they don't really need Curry until the second round. I think they can buy Houston. And Houston, they're kind of a fragmented bunch. A lot of people that have covered them and been around them all the time have said they're a group that really doesn't like being with each other. There's zero chemistry. They don't have a good feel for each other on the floor. And that showed up. There's no question about that over the first couple of games of that series. So uh, if you don't need Steph Curry for game three, and I don't think they do, I think they, but they have a better feel for it than any of us, I would wait on Steph Curry. I would not gamble on Steph Curry. It means too much for down-the-road purposes, and especially if you can get by. You might lose a game in Houston, but that only means you have to go home and play a fifth, and you win that. So an additional game for the other guys. One more uh, thing before I let you go. The Oklahoma City Thunder uh, tonight have a chance to uh, 
go up 2-1 against the Dallas Mavericks after a pretty disappointing Game 2 for them after winning handily over Dallas in Game 1. Are we kind of are you concerned about Oklahoma City or is it just too small of a sample size, just one game? It seems like uh, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook going back to their hero ball days. Um, are you concerned about Oklahoma City? No, but if what we saw uh, when they lost eighty five eighty four a couple of nights ago at home, after they won by thirty eight, don't forget two nights earlier, one hundred eight and seventy. It's the reason a lot of us just don't trust them because they are basically dominated by two. And there's no trust on the floor for the others. The ball doesn't move around. It's either Westbrook or Durant, especially in crunch time. Uh, Robertson doesn't score. He's just there for defensive purposes. Steven Adams, they don't, even when he did well, they didn't look to him. If Baca thinks he's a three-point shooter now, and besides Cantor, it's a roller coaster ride for them off the bench. So a lot of us just don't trust them, and I don't think they trust some of the other components on the floor at the end of games, which is not healthy. So uh, they'll get through Dallas. That shouldn't be an issue, but the next round is the issue, and that's a really efficient San Antonio team. Yes, indeed. No doubt about that. Should be uh, interesting throughout the rest of the playoffs. We look forward to it. Joel Myers, television voice of the Pelicans. Joel, I wish we were here talking about the Pelicans playoffs, but maybe next year, hopefully, my friend. I hope you're watching the NHL playoffs and the St. Louis Blues as much as I am. I am watching. You know, with all the blowouts, I have been turning more to the NHL playoffs, and they've been un- unbelievable. I turned it last night and saw two game-winning goals in the last four minutes. It's It's been just as exciting as the NBA playoffs. Yeah, the NHL playoffs are sensational every year. There's such a premium on every goal. But, uh, it's just great hockey, great skating. And there's no stoppages because they can't fight. They can't pick up stupid penalties. So I watch a lot of uh, hockey, and as a long-time fan of the Blues and still live and die for this, uh, it would be great to get out of the first round this year. So right now it's 3-1 over the Blackhawks. I'm living large, Daniel. Absolutely. I'll be in St. Louis next week, and I'm hoping for a Blues win so I can possibly see them there. So I'm rooting for them as well, Joel. Joel, appreciate uh, your time, and enjoy the Jazz Fest this weekend. It's supposed to be beautiful weather. You too, Daniel. Have a good weekend. All right. When we come back, I'll wrap up this Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Trust isn't something that's easily built over video screens or with long-distance calls. That's why at Whitney Bank, we make it a priority to be here for you with more local branches offering face-to-face service. Whitney customers leave with more than a transaction receipt in hand. We listen to your goals and have what it takes to help you achieve them. Drop by today and ask about our new relationship checking packages with built-in personal identity security features. Whitney Bank, here today, here when you need us, here to build a future with you. Power outages turn your world upside down. You need to know when your power will come back on, and you want to know what happened. The fastest way to stay informed? Entergy Text Alerts. You'll get prompt updates on when your power will be restored and on what happened. You can even send a text to be sure your outage is being repaired. When the power is out, what's faster than calling? Texting. Sign up today at EntergyText.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. Thanks to the internet, anyone can get a show these days. All right, that will do it for this Thursday show. Time to wrap things up here from Studio B. Big thanks to Taylor Price, senior reporter for 49ers.com, and, of course, Joel Myers for coming on, talking some Pelicans and NBA playoffs. It'll be all football tomorrow on the Friday edition of the show. 
Sean Kelly will talk with Michael Fabiano, senior fantasy analyst for NFL.com, NFL uh, Network, everything around the NFL. It's never too early to talk fantasy, and so we'll do that with Fabiano, maybe how the draft might affect fantasy football next year and anything else that Sean has in mind. We'll also go to pick number eight, even though that pick is not belonging to the Philadelphia Eagles anymore. It goes to the Browns, but we already talked to the Browns, who were at number two. So we'll still talk to the Eagles tomorrow. Dave Spadaro from PhiladelphiaEagles.com. He was on last year as well. Uh, We'll talk to him about pick number, I guess, two for the Eagles and why they might have made this deal to head to pick number two and trade the eighth pick. So this has kind of messed up our NFL draft preview as far as the order, but we're still going to keep uh, the Eagles in check here as we talk to them tomorrow. Dave Spadaro from PhiladelphiaEagles.com. So all football tomorrow. And then next week we'll have three shows, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. We'll finish our NFL draft preview and then the big NFL draft show next weekend. We'll have no shows on Thursday and Friday. More on that next week. Hope you have a great rest of your Thursday. And until tomorrow, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans, the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report. Thank you.